welcome to the Career Medis Podcast. I am your host, Nisar Ahmed. And this is episode 21 of the Career Medis Podcast. And this episode is part of the Expert Series. And for today's Expert Series episode, I'm interviewing Jacob Sher from JobMob. Hey, Jacob, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Nisar. Jacob, I will... Uh, personally, I have been on your website for the last few years. I've read some of your articles, but I think for the benefit of the audience, it'll be good to hear a little bit about yourself um, and also a little bit about the the company, JobMob. Sure. So uh, the website is JobMob, J-O-B-M-O-B dot C-O dot I-L. And JobMob was started back in 2006. And the idea at the time was I was looking for a job. Uh, I was actually living in France, in Paris at the time, and I was moving back to Israel, where I currently am right now, and I wanted to learn about blogging. I I have a technical background. I I am a computer science graduate from uh, McGill University in Montreal, Canada, and um, I had been working in high tech as a a manager of web developers for a few years, and I had heard about blogging and social media. This is now, just to give you an idea of the time frame, so like 2006. Uh, that was blogging was just getting popular uh, a few years before that. Uh, it still hadn't fully exploded, but I thought it sounded really cool. So start a blog is the best way to learn about doing something is by going ahead and actually doing it. And um, I needed to find a job, so blog about finding a job, and that's that's how it started. Uh, as someone who was trying to learn more than anything else, really. Uh, and here we are, ten years later. The the website, well, almost ten years later. It'll be ten years in December. The uh, the website has. Uh, millions of visitors every year. Uh, there are uh, over 10,000 people subscribed to the mailing list in any given moment. And um, of course, it's, I mean, it's it's been a, in all sorts of publications, uh, some in print even, and, and also uh, across the web, of course, too. And so over the years, I've, I've coached job seekers. And right now, I'm actually in the middle of uh, creating my first online course for job seekers. Well, Jacob, a couple of things when you're saying during an interaction. First of all, 10 years is a huge milestone, right? Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned about blo- blogging. I do, for career matters, I have a similar story. I started because I was curious. I wanted to get it started. Yeah. And you never know. Uh, but 10 years is an amazing feat. Uh, when it comes to blogging itself, not a lot of blogs survive that long. Yeah. And obviously, you're very successful. So. I know it's in December, but I would like to congratulate you on your, I mean, upcoming 10th anniversary. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> and, yeah. And one thing, as I mentioned, as I was doing your uh, introduction, I mean, it's your website, jobmob.co.il is well known, yeah. right? Your articles are highly read, well reviewed. So that's one of the reasons uh, I thought you should, it would be great to have you as a guest. Yeah. Pleasure. Um, so one question I want to ask you, you mentioned uh, which city are you based out of right now? Where are you calling from? So I'm actually right now in a, a town called Ashdod, which is about 35 kilometers south of Tel Aviv on the beach. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Uh, so one question I always ask is uh, maybe you can tell us something uh, something different or something that most, some fun fact about your town or your city. Oh, Cool. Um, well, it, it, the <laughs> Ashdod is a town of about 250,000 people, and it's not a very well-known town because when people think of the beach in Israel, they think of uh, Tel Aviv. Um, but um, Ashdod actually has the biggest commercial port in Israel, 
there are other ports. Uh, there's an, a major, the biggest industrial port is in another town called Haifa, but Ashdod actually has the largest commercial uh, port in Israel. And so everything that gets shipped in here from China or the States or Europe or whatever, it, it usually comes through here. And so we get it first. <laughs> Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. See, I, the reason I ask that question is always fascinating because I've I've had guests from all across. It's always good to hear about yeah. the town and uh, there's always something interesting. Yeah, that's a cool idea. Yeah. So let's uh, get into the uh, interview right now. Um, you mentioned when you were telling a little bit about yourself that you have uh, customers or clients coming out to you for uh, advice on their career search or job search. So in your experience in the last 10 years in blogging and also helping others, what do you see as uh, the biggest challenge? Um, uh, like the top, cha- the number one challenge, number top three challenge and number one challenge in terms of uh, the, the things people struggle with when it comes to the job search? Well, I, I, um, I mean, JobMob was created as a, originally a, the, the, the domain name, Job Mob C O I L, and originally the focus was about my job search in Israel, specifically in Israel. But eventually, it grew internationally, and I stopped focusing specifically uh, on issues that were related to job search in Israel. And what that meant was I started attracting people from all over the place, but some places in particular. A lot of people come from North America. A lot of people come from India. Uh, quite a few from Europe as well. I mean, mostly English-speaking countries, correct? Uh, but it, it's been interesting. It's been interesting because. Uh, among other things, I, in my background, I have worked, I've lived and worked in four different countries. And so I've seen different kinds of workplace culture. And as through the blog, dealing with people in different parts of the world, you do see that certain issues come back again and again. So um, the natural uh, tendency of a job seeker when they realize that it's now time to go out and, and look for a new job is to just base on what they've heard around them. So typically it's, yeah, you have to do your resume or update your resume and then send it out for interviews and hope for the best type of thing. I mean, it's just the kind of classic uh, job search uh, mentality. But the, um, the issue that I, the, actually, if you say top three, so the, the three issues that I think that um, are really relevant to job seekers all over the world and, and they struggle with mightily, um, one is that they, they, in, why do we love video games so much? Is that when you play a video game, you're constantly getting feedback. If you if you're playing a shooting game, you either you either miss or you hit the target. If you're if you're playing a sports game, you either score the goal or you don't. And so you immediately know what's going on. In job search, there's very rarely a feedback loop. You you send your resume, you don't get a response. You have no idea whether it actually got where it was supposed to, supposed to go. Uh, is your resume any good? You, there's so much happening that you're just not aware of. And and so it's really, really frustrating because you can't tell if you're making progress or not. So that's one thing uh, that is common across the world, uh, a common frustration. Another thing is the lack of self-confidence. And, and these things are all related. Uh, confidence, uh, I don't remember where I heard this, but I like the way it was put. The idea is that uh, people are confident when they have information. In other words, you if you know something is going to happen, well, then you're confident. And so if you know you're going to get a job within a month, then you're not going to worry about it. And you'll be confident that it's actually going to happen. Of course, very few people can actually know that, but some people can. Uh, whereas the job seeker, they they don't know. They don't know how long it's going to take 
for most job seekers, they don't know how long it's going to take until they find their job. And, and so they lack confidence because of that. And they often also lack confidence because it's a first time or it's been a long time. So it feels like a first time. So if you're, if you're just fresh out of college, well, this is your first job search. There's a lot of things you don't know. So you lack confidence. Uh, if it's someone who has been working in the same company for 10 years and then all of a sudden they have to look for a job, well, the market changes all the time and 10 years is a long time. And so you, you're not very confident because you haven't done it in a long time and things have probably changed that you're not aware of. So that's the second thing is the lack of confidence uh, uh, with regards to the job search. Um, and if I have to come up with a third thing, it's just that new technology. Uh, people aren't aware of how to leverage new technology. Sometimes they go too far uh, when it's not necessary. Uh, and sometimes and more often, actually, they, they, they just are unaware of which which technology they should they should be leveraging. Um, and so they they're aware that things have changed. They should get an approach with new technology like social media or blogs or forums or, or, or mobile apps is obviously the big thing nowadays, but they really, they're just lost. They, they don't know where to start or what to focus on and so forth. So those are the three things that, uh, that definitely come back again and again, no matter where someone is job seeking from. So J- Jacob, as, as you were mentioning, uh, the first, I mean, I, I think personally myself as well in the past when I was looking for a job, I've experienced that. Uh, but the first thing I think is a common, common challenge because there's not necessarily a good feedback system, Yeah. right? You don't necessarily know, uh, you know when someone calls you, your resume worked, but the ones they don't call you, you don't know what went wrong, yep. right? Yep. Uh, so th- that's that's very valid I personally related to all of them, so I'm sure the audience as well. <laughs> um, so one thing I wanted to move in is, okay, so now you mentioned confidence, and I think that's, we're talking about mindset. Uh, yeah. So the things like resume, interview, job search, LinkedIn, they're all the uh, the things that you can fix, but mindset is very important. Yeah. So uh, how, let's say someone comes to you, what is the advice that you usually give them on how they can build that confidence or have that mindset? Well, the, the, it's funny, the, the challenge um, of, uh, of a coach, of any kind of coach, whether it's a career coach, job search coach, or, or could be an Olympic coach, um, is that you want to get your, um, your trainee or, or the, your coachee, I suppose you could say, uh, you want them to get a result, any result, positive result, as soon as possible. Because the sooner they get a result, the sooner they will begin to believe that they can actually move forward with you uh, and it will motivate them and to continue moving forward with you, not just because they think they can, but also because they've, you've already proven it to them that your strategy will work for them. And so uh, similarly with job search, um, when I'm coaching someone, for example, they're, they're, after understanding their situation, I always look for something that, will, that, that something small, short, that they can, some sort of step they can take very quickly that will immediately get them a result. And a very simple thing uh, that anybody can do, you don't need to have a coach to do this, um, that I tell people to do is to compile a work portfolio. And so uh, for people who don't know, work portfo- a portfolio, most people think of a portfolio as something that you associate with designers. Uh, maybe, maybe it's a fashion designer or an artist. It's basically, uh, it could be a book or a web- today a website, uh, a compilation of their past work uh, to show off uh, what they can do. And so it's something that uh, 
is associated with visual arts for a reason, but there's absolutely no reason why it can't be useful for anybody in, in every field. And so um, an accountant can show off uh, any achievements they've had, any proof of their achievements, whether it was uh, uh, recommendations or evaluations or articles that they've written or articles that were articles that were written about them, uh, diplomas. I mean, you can in every field, there are ways of showing off your achievements. And so by uh, telling people right away to compile a work portfolio, it forces them to look back on what they've done and realize that they, 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 they are good. They, they, they have skills. They have every reason. Uh, they've had success. Uh, it could be in school. Um, it, it could be at work, depending on how long, how long their career is. Uh, but the point is, is to get them to reflect on what they've already accomplished and build confidence back up again because they have accomplished things already. And so that's a first step that also makes sense because you're going to need that information in your interviews and you're going to need that information in your resume and you're going to need that information when you're networking, you're talking to people about yourself. So it's important to refresh your memory uh, about what you can do. Uh, and so it's a simple thing that anybody can do at any given moment, but the earlier you do it in your job search, the better. And, and again, you don't need to have someone looking over your shoulder to do it. You can just go ahead and do that right now uh, and use that moving forward in your job search, no matter how far along you are in your job search. Jacob, thanks for covering that. The reason I asked that question is, uh, it, it, I think uh, when you walk into an interview or a networking event, as you mentioned, that confidence definitely shows off. It, 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 uh, it's contagious and it helps you stand out. Yeah. Then when you go into an interview, when you, do, when you feel down on yourself, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. That's a com- it, it's, um, it's amazing how, it, it's all, I mean, it's frustrating. It's so frustrating to see people who are great at what they do, um, but they lack that confidence. I mean, anyone who follows sports, for example, uh, you'll see a, a, your favorite player in a slump, and these are, could be a great player, and for whatever reason, they haven't scored in 10 games or a month and a half or whatever it is, there's something going on. And they, all it takes, it could be a lucky bounce, it could be a lucky, um, uh, a lucky catch or whatever it is, and all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, I, I really can do this. And then they just go back on, on the, on track and, and it's almost as if what happened, they can't explain it. But yeah, there, there was that uh, temporary amount of uh, moment in time where they just couldn't do it for whatever reason. And so, um, I mean, how often, and this is frustrating for HR people and recruiters as well to see people come in with good resumes, but lack confidence and they don't interview well. And, and it's, it's really, really hard for a resume, uh, for a recruiter or an HR person to justify continuing the recruitment process with someone who lacks confidence, even if they seem to be great, even if on paper they look great, it, it's hard to justify internally because you, you there after the interview, they're going to have to talk to their, to their uh, uh, decision makers or whoever else is involved in the recruitment process. And yeah, it's hard to go out to bat for someone who, yeah, is, is just lacking confidence. And so people shoot themselves in the foot by lacking that confidence. But again, that's not, it's not a criticism. This is a, it's a natural thing that happens to people, but we want to get them out of that as soon as possible. Yeah, that, that sounds, that sounds great. That makes uh, total sense. Now, so let's say using that exercise that you've given, they've built that mindset, right? So they've got the right mindset. They're ready to go. So, um, the first thing obviously is to have a good resume. Uh, and I've, I've, I've seen some of your articles on that. So what would you give maybe uh, some, uh, in, your, in your opinion and your experience, what are some, some good tips for preparing a good resume uh, to help you land that first 
call or interview with uh, your prospective uh, employer. Right. Um, well, one thing that's um, definitely worth mentioning uh, is that a resume is a marketing document. And so it's trying to create an impression about you. And the goal of a resume is to get you interview invites. That's it. It's not supposed to get you job offers. That comes later. The whole point of the resume is to get invitations to interviews. If it does that, then it worked. If it didn't do that, it doesn't mean that it didn't work. It, it might not have worked. But again, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the feedback loop. It might not have worked or it might have worked, but something else prevented you from getting the interview invite. Uh, however, if you do get the invite, then it definitely worked. And so uh, you want to create a document that markets you uh, correctly and one of the classic um, things that we say about resumes is that you should tailor it to every job that you apply for. And that makes sense because if you're marketing yourself, well, then you, you want possible to the reader and every reader is different. And so the more you can uh, tailor your, your, your document to that reader, the more likely it is to connect with them and to click and get them to respond the way you want to. So it's important to keep that in mind, that it's a marketing document and it's not just a list of the responsibilities that you've had uh, at previous jobs or the things that you did and learned at school uh, or your hobbies. Uh, those are all things that are relevant. But again, the idea is to market yourself to create the best impression of you for the person that you're, you're sending the resume to. So that's one thing that's important to keep in mind. Another thing uh, that, that I, I tell people to do is to not reinvent the wheel. Um, you, if, you're, if you've decided in advance, and, and people tend not to do this actually, and so maybe I should take a step back a bit. I don't tell people to immediately update their resume and then go start looking for jobs. To me, that, that's, that's a bit of a waste. Uh, what I tell them to do is to first gauge demand for potential jobs and then look for where there's the most demand uh, for the jobs that they can do or the job that they can do or they want to do. And then in that place where there's the most demand, start researching companies that they would like to work for. The idea would being that if you are targeting uh, a job very, very well, then you're not going to have to look for very, very many jobs. You only have to look for a few opportunities and, and it'll be a fairly short job search because you've tailored your, your, your search so well to this company that you know is hiring in a place where there's a lot of demand, so they're struggling finding people. So you're, making, you're putting yourself in a position for success, basically. And so because you've targeted this company and you've researched what they're looking for, it's a lot easier to adjust the, the resume and even the cover letter, the communications that you're having with them to use the information that they've shared against, I mean, against them. Uh, yeah, against, like you send it back to them. If you want to know that someone is listening, for example, on just a, a tangent uh, in a networking event, um, if you repeat back to them what they're saying, they'll understand that you're listening to them. It's the same thing with companies. If you repeat back to them what they've put out, they'll understand, oh, this person actually took the time to read our information and yeah, clearly they're paying attention. And so that's a good, a good uh, practice to always apply. And so if you can apply that in your cover letter and your resume, so much the better. So you, you want to adapt your resume and tailor it according to that research. So I don't say that the, re the resume is the first step. The first step for me is research, uh, research demand and then research companies, and then you move on to the resume. And a final tip that, that I, uh, that, has, that works very, very well uh, for resumes that you don't really hear too many, too many people talking about is that just like um, a movie poster is a kind of marketing document for a movie, so 
well, people tend to like movie posters, or I should say movie posters do well when across the top it says um, nominated for Academy, Academy Award or uh, a very famous critic says thumbs up or four stars or five stars or whatever it is. And so uh, that, 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 that applies as well for resume. If you can close the top of the resume, uh, have a testimonial uh, or a, a sort of a, or a, red, a credible, um, um, let's say, a quote, then that immediately will hook in the reader. Uh, and I suppose that that actually leads into a bigger issue, which is that uh, as a marketing document or as, as any document, really, if you want someone to read a document, then there are ways of writing them that you lead them through it. And so a copywriter once uh, taught me how when they're writing, uh, I think it was a sales page actually, how you want to use the most powerful information right at the top because that will hook the reader in and then use your second most powerful information next because that will get them to continue going. And you, you order the information as that from most powerful to least powerful and you lead the reader through the document. And so the same thing with a resume. You want to have the most powerful information about you right at the top and then slowly feed them that information uh, the, the, going on to the lesser powerful information as they go, but you're hopefully hooking them into it well so they don't mind uh, getting down to the less, the less impressive stuff at the bottom uh, necessarily. Um, so yeah, so that those uh, those few principles uh, are basically what I tell people to focus on when they're writing their resumes. And I can keep going on and on, but already if you can follow those ideas and making it a powerful marketing document, then uh, you'll be in you'll be in good in a good place. So Jacob, as you were telling all these ideas, I was excited. I was taking <laughs> copious notes because what this is new and uh, this is very unconventional. Yeah. Uh, for example, the marketing document idea, it, it completely stands out. And that is true. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that the goal is not to get a job, but to get a call or an interview or an invite for whatever the next step is. And um, I've never heard before resume being discussed as a marketing document. So, And it is true if you think about it. So that is unconventional. But what I really, what really stood out for me is Instead of applying for jobs, see if there is demand. And I was thinking about a friend of mine. Um, I think he had a, a non-technical degree mm -hmm. and he noticed there is a demand for Android developers in the market. So he went back to school, got some certifications, started creating his own apps. Now he works for a company. Uh, it took him it took him a while to do that, but he saw the demand. He saw what the, where the market was going. He reinvented himself and he's happy in his yeah. career. And... Um, that that is so true because I've had people reach out to me on LinkedIn, uh, yeah, send me sending me their resume saying, can you get me a job or can do you know someone looking? Uh, but this is completely different, and I think uh, it it is true. You want to work somewhere where the industry is not shrinking but it is growing. Well, the the uh, the the course that I mentioned earlier, and I'll, maybe I'll talk a bit more about later, um, has a, a one module is completely about demand based job search how to search for demand and for why it's important to do it that way, but also how to search for demand and how to use that information to, to impact the rest of your job search. And it came from something that I learned. It wasn't something that I, that I, I invented. It was basically something that I, I fell upon by accident, which was that my first job search um, for a career job in, in uh, the, uh, uh, as, a, as a programmer, basically this was back in, in 1999, 
And um, so I had my computer science degree. I'd actually just finished my uh, military service here in Israel. And this was the time when the Internet was exploding. And I knew how to make websites. It was still early enough that you, you didn't have too many people teaching how to make websites uh, in, in university or colleges. Uh, but technical people like myself who who um, who had understood that the Internet was going to be a big deal, uh, taught themselves how to make websites. And so I could see that pretty much everywhere there was massive demand for anyone who could make a website. And uh, I was able to use that uh, to move. I was in Israel and I sent out resumes to companies in France, uh, a country I had never been to before, uh, and to, to Paris, a city I had never been to before. And I sent 15 resumes. I had seven responses the next day. And within a week and a half, I had four job offers. And that just shows you how crazy uh, things can be when there is a lot of demand. Now, nowadays, uh, not every industry has um, a certain focus of demand like that. But uh, I mean, such an extreme demand, I should say, like an extreme shortage, shortage. But every industry definitely has areas where there are lots of demand, uh, whether it's for a specific technology or in a specific location, there's a need for certain people. That's up to each person to figure out in their industry where there's the most demand. But uh, yes, it's definitely something that people should take advantage of. And it makes your job search much, much easier. Uh, it also means that because companies are so desperate to hire someone, they're willing to overlook imperfection um, or perceived imperfection. Uh, and um, it also means that they're willing to, to pay more because they think that they're, they're because they know that it's so, it's so hard to find people. And so pay more in the sense that you can get better compensation, not necessarily a higher salary, but better compensation. And they'll be more flexible regarding your needs to bring you on board because they're so desperate. So yes, when, you, when a job search, when a job search focuses on demand, uh, it really is taking things to another level. Yeah, that that sounds perfect. Uh, thanks for thanks for sharing your story because I always like to hear uh, the stories, and that keeps me excited. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. So now, one thing I wanted to ask is now, resumes, resume or CVs in some countries they call it curriculum vitae. Yes. I've been around for many years, yep. so it's that has not changed. No, nope. but as what has also what has changed, and maybe you can shed some light on this, is there has been a lot of new technology that has added a few extra steps or maybe even made it simple. I don't know what, it, maybe you can explain better. How has new technology such as LinkedIn or social media changed uh, than traditional job search maybe a few years ago? Well, it's important to distinguish between two things. So, you, I mean, social media has, has revolutionized job search uh, in a number of ways. Um, but uh, specifically regarding resumes, um, it, it, uh, it, hasn't revolution, it hasn't revolutionized resumes. I mean, most resumes today uh, are still have a very similar format to the ones they had 10, 20 years ago. Uh, if there is any tie into social media, it's because someone included their LinkedIn profile or they mentioned where they are uh, elsewhere on social media. Um, the, the, the biggest change in resumes... Uh, that I've seen in the past 10 years since I started Job Mob. Um, it's, it's actually something, I don't know when it started. I, I can't say that for, for a fact, but I think that I was one of the first, if not the first, to point it out uh, when I did a blog post in 2000 and, 2007 or 2008. I think it was in 2008, in eight, to spring of 2008, called 36 Beautiful Resume Ideas That Work. And the point of that post 
which was ultimately um, by far my most popular blog post, uh, was to show that there were mainly designers, but not only designers, but mainly graphic designers who were using their resume as a way to show off their graphic design skills. So yes, it was the classic format in the sense, or I should say the classic reverse chronological format where you present your experience, uh, the companies you worked for in reverse uh, chronological order, uh, your skills and so forth. But um, beyond just a, st a standard word template, they were using color uh, in, uh, well, usually color. Sometimes it wasn't, it was it's still in black and white, but using color and imagery in, in creative ways to really show that this resume was a representation of their work, basically a demo of what they could do, um, in addition to also being a resume. So I thought that was super cool when I, when I first discovered that, and that's, that, was, that led me to create that, that article. And that article, like I said, it has become by far the most popular article on JobMob uh, with millions and millions of views and over a million shares since then. Um, uh, and it's been copied Many times and people have done similar styles, which is completely fine, of course. Um, but, um, but the idea behind it ultimately was that a resume can also be, a, again, a way of showing off your skills. So if you're a designer or a visual-oriented de uh, designer, it's a lot easier than an accountant, for example, uh, to use your resume to show off your skills. But it is something that for certain people it is worth considering. And so that to me has been the the, the, the um, and it's also worth saying that it's not necessarily applicable for everybody. Uh, the accountant is one example. Other people as well, you, you, you want to keep an eye on what kinds of resumes are working in your industry. Uh, and if you're going to deviate from that uh, seriously, then you, you want to be careful about that. So a creative resume might not be a good fit for everybody, but it's something worth looking at. That's for sure. Um, now, with regards to social media specifically, uh, I mean, I say it's revolutionized job search because it really has. It has changed job search fundamentally. Uh, on the one hand, social media has allowed people to, <laughs> to, to promote themselves both passively and actively, even while they're working at a company. It used to be that you're working a job, and if anyone got a whiff that you were considering going elsewhere, then you could, you could be fired or be put on the short leash for getting fired because they were wondering about you. And understandably, employers don't like the idea of people they're investing in walking out the door at any given moment. They want to be able to count on you as long as they want to be able to count on you. And so um, one of the great things about LinkedIn specifically is that although it's not a resume per se because you can't tailor it, but it's a, it's a CV. Um, it, it does give a detail of what you've accomplished in your work history. And, so, and that's always out there. It's always out there at any given moment. It's being searched for and found by recruiters, by potential uh, companies that want to hire you. And regardless of whether you're looking for a job or not. And so that's something that did not exist uh, in the past uh, before social media was present, at least not in such a easy act, easily accessible level. Uh, there are other ways of branding yourself, but this is something that really anybody can set up in a few minutes, import their, their most recent resume, and boom, they're open for business in that sense. And it's now gotten to the point where an employer will expect you to be on LinkedIn. <laughs> so it's almost as if they're not expecting you to job search, but this is like this is one step away from that, basically. So they understand and want you to be putting yourself out there with, for everything that entails. So this is really a completely different mindset than what used to be uh, before social media came around. And that's one thing. Another thing uh, I mentioned earlier about using demands. And so you can 
there were different ways of measuring demand in the past, such as looking for uh, the cl- the classified the job listings or the classifieds to see what kinds of things are being are, pop- are are being looked for. But with social media, you can do much better than that. You can actually follow companies on social media, see how they're interacting with people, see what kinds of information they're putting out there to learn about them, to learn about who works there, to get in touch with people who work there, to talk to people who work there and who used to work there, to learn about companies, whether it's a place that you... I mean, so many people apply to companies, get the job, and then discover they don't even want to work there. They don't like that place. Why do that to yourself? So nowadays, if you do your, you, if you do your company research up front, you can learn in advance if it's even a company that you'd want to work for before applying there. Again, you put yourself in a position of success, but also put yourself in a position where you'll have long-term success. I mean, you continue succeeding after you're there because you're pretty sure that you will enjoy working there after you get the job. So this is also something that with social media, it's so much easier than it used to be. Uh, so yeah, those are those are two pretty big things, two pretty big changes that social media has uh, has allowed, and of course the fact that it's, it's just uh, it's it's at at the heart of it all, it's a communication platform that goes in both directions. It allows this uh, this dialogue to take place, whereas in the past you had to wait until the interview before before you could actually talk to the company. So so now you can actually start talking to companies way earlier, and hopefully if you're doing a good job. Uh, portraying yourself online um, regarding your job search, at least, uh, or your expertise, I should say, then you will hopefully attract companies towards you uh, and have them just offer you flat-out jobs without you actually having to look for them, which is the ultimate goal. And that really is what I, what I try to teach people. The ultimate goal of job search is to not have to do it, is to attract jobs to you, job offers. And that's always a good position to be in when you oh, yeah. are being sought out rather than you seeking a job and uh, it yeah I mean why you put yourself through the stress of uh, preparing a resume and applying when I mean it is it is important I'm not discounting that when in the other case they reach out to you and they offer you a job that's that's like a dream right well I mean ultimately if, if you can make your resume an afterthought then that's, that, that means you're doing something right. I mean, there are companies that just want to have a resume of yours to put on file, but they know they want you. And that's why they reached out to you. And that's why they're willing to be flexible to, to do what they can to get you on board. Um, so yeah, if you, can, if you can pull them to you and be sought out instead of having to actively search, you'll, uh, you'll definitely be in a much better position. No question about it. That's, that's great. Thanks. Uh, so now... Jacob, so what has happened is someone has prepared the resume. They have also created a good personal brand for themselves on social media. So, of course, the end goal, as you said, is to get an invite, to get an interview. So this is the fun part. And at the same time, this is also equally stressful for many candidates. Actually, it's also stressful for the hiring managers because Mm -hmm. it's not something you – it's not a skill that they – uh, that they acquire or learn. It is something they have to do yes. to fill the position. So this is the uh, uh, the fun part. So during the interview process, what would be your recommendations to someone uh, to improve their chances? Well, if you haven't, um, again, what I said earlier about doing your company research as early as possible, that's something that most people don't know to do. And so uh, they haven't done it at this point. So at the very least, before you go into an interview for a company, research the company. Know who you're talking to. Know who you'll be talking about. Know know, uh, what they're interested in specifically. Know what's happening at that company. Be prepared in terms of the company. 
Um, if you can be prepared in terms of the person that you'll be talking with or the people that will be interviewing you, then do that as well. But it's, it's, not, it's not at all obvious to know in advance who's going to be interviewing you. Sometimes they'll tell you, but often uh, that's hard information to get. Um, know everything you can about the position you're applying for uh, and prepare yourself to talk about that. So in other words, they're going to ask you questions. They're going to ask you about things that are on your resume. Again, your resume is a marketing document. It shouldn't be your life history. It should appeal and pull people in to get that invite, but it shouldn't tell the entire story because if, it, if it's a 10-page resume giving every single detail about you, they have no reason to interview you. You've already given them all the information. And so uh, if anything, the ideal resume will, is a, is a, will tempt will tempt the, the, interview, the potential interviewer. And so it will say to them, yeah, this guy or this, this girl, she seems pretty cool. Uh, I really should give them a call. And so then they get you in the room. They're like, okay, on your resume, it says something I absolutely crazy. You have to tell me what this means. And, and that's a great situation to be in. I mean, uh, you want them to be almost desperate to see you. Uh, or, or a, I mean, ideally, yes, you do want them to be desperate to see you. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so you want to uh, prepare things in advance by, again, doing your research and, uh, and hopefully have tailored your resume correctly. Now, um, there are other things that I think most people do n understand is that you should practice, uh, especially if you're not comfortable in interviews. Not everybody, and it's not at all, it's not at all in a, 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 um, uh, a basic talent that people have innately. It, it's not at all, um, uh, most people don't interview well. Uh, there's a lot of things at stake. There's a lot of stress involved, as you mentioned, on both sides of the table. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, again, if you're, if you're lacking in confidence for all the reasons we mentioned earlier, then that throws things off. Um, and so it's not at all a given that things are going to go well. And in fact, uh, it's, um, it really is, as I said earlier, it's frustrating when, uh, for both sides of the table when someone who seems to be a good fit on paper, uh, and then it doesn't translate in the room. Um, and again, recruiters know that you're under stress, and they know that you might be nervous and all that, and they know that that's not the way it is in the day-to-day -day workspace. And so they know better than you do that this way of, of searching for candidates is not ideal, and, and testing candidates this way, it's not ideal. Um, I actually... Uh, tell companies uh, and, and job seekers that you, the, you would rather try to get some sort of an audition because then you can actually integrate in the work environment if it's done properly and show off what you can do in a, in a typical work situation and, and both sides get a feel, is this person actually going to fit in the company or not, as opposed to making a decision based on an hour-long discussion where it's so easy to give the wrong impression uh, uh, accidentally. And so um, I, when I say I, I tell job seekers that, the idea is that if you can find companies that you know will require some sort of an audition uh, for as part of the recruitment process, or if you can actually ask them, is it possible to audition, let's say, for a two-week uh, two trial um, before any kind of commitment on either side, where either side can walk away uh, with uh, no questions asked, for example, well then, uh, then yeah, that, that, that shows a company that is a little bit more progressive, a little more open-minded, and one that recognizes that, yeah, that it's very easy to make a mistake with the requirement with the uh, hiring process the recruitment process which is such an expensive process because so many mistakes are made um, by companies and, and it really is going back to what we were talking about earlier with the feedback loop it really is frustrating uh, for companies to know that they may have just let a candidate slip through their hands 
because of something that was basically accidental uh, or not really indicative of the potential of the candidates. It's super frustrating. Um, they're looking to hire as soon as possible uh, and, and you're looking to end your job search as soon as possible. So you really want everything to, to make that happen. Now, um, when I say practice for an interview, so uh, I actually, um, one way is to, is to uh, go through, and I have published a, a few uh, uh, lists on, on JobMob about this, uh, questions that can potentially be asked by interviewers have, uh, if, have someone go through a list uh, giving you questions so that you, you, you can practice what you're going to say in those situations to those, to those questions. You should also have stories. Uh, everyone loves stories. And just You said it earlier. You loved hearing the story about how I got, I got my first job uh, in France. And so everyone loves stories. Bring stories. Have stories to tell about your past experiences. Uh, and this is actually a good tip for millennials because uh, people who are um, – just going to their first job search or just past their first job search, they tend to think that they don't have a lot to talk about. But no, they, they, everyone has stories to tell, whether it's from school or from that first job where they can talk about how they achieved something or how they overcame a difficulty uh, or dealt with a difficult situation uh, in, in a team, etc. And so, yeah, prepare stories, remind yourself of stories that you can talk about with regards to everything, at least everything that's on your resume, have a, have stories to tell about that. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and rehearse, rehearse. If it means standing in front of a mirror, um, you're I mean, at the same time, you, you don't want to overdo it. You're not going to, it's very rare that you're going to be able to change any natural habits you have uh, in terms of this, talking to people face to face. It's very difficult to be able to change those kinds of things in uh, in a few weeks' time. So I wouldn't I wouldn't expect to do that. But if you do practice uh, all the things that I just mentioned, it will at least build up your confidence that you can do this, that you can uh, you you can do this interview, and you will have things to say. And you're not going to find yourself stumped by uh, by most questions. No, that's that's perfect. Uh, great tips, uh, Jacob. So, uh, and you're right. I mean, one thing I got out of the uh, interview tips is a lot of people don't interview well, and it's very important to practice and rehearse and uh, do your research so you improve your chances. Because sometimes you only get that one shot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. At, at that, let's say it's your dream employer, uh, the employer that you want to work at. You get one shot, so it, it's it's important to put in the effort to practice and rehearse. That's well, but, but at the same time, like you have to be careful when you say that because it's true that um, for a given company, I mean, like, uh, the classic example in the past few years is Google. So many people want to work at Google, and so when they finally get a Google interview, the the stakes are high because uh, if if it doesn't go well, well then that's it, they're they're out. But um, what I try to tell people is, is it's, it's, it's good to want to work somewhere. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, you want to target specific companies, but, uh, it, and you can go all in for a company, but you're, you're putting extra pressure on yourself. There's no question about it. And so uh, if you don't get it, and there might be very legitimate reasons that have nothing to do with you uh, that impact that decision, uh, it's important to, to say, okay, I gave it a best shot. And that was and that was fine, but you don't want to get yourself too low as if, okay, it's over. The one place I wanted to work didn't take me, and then just drop your self-confidence back to, down to as low as it can go again. And so you have to kind of be careful about that. Uh, but, but yeah, you, you do definitely want to target and, and, and be all in. Um, manage that expectation, basically, is what I'm saying. 
Yeah, that, that's a good point, right? Because uh, you mentioned Google. Google has gets. Uh, I read somewhere they get millions of applications sure. a year, and I don't think anybody else gets that much. So uh, it's it's good not to get discouraged. Uh, it, it is it is your your interview. I think someone once told me your interview with a company doesn't define who you are. It is just part right. of the journey. Oh, for sure. Right? Yes, absolutely. And you learn from it and move on to the next one because, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, I think one of the things you mentioned is uh, hiring process is frustrating for employers. So it is more of a partnership, right? Because yeah. they also have the same goal. Yeah. So I think our goal as job seekers is to find that perfect fit between the employer where what they are looking for and what you are looking for, there's a match. Yeah, no, right? no absolutely. It's it's really a question of, of, as we're saying, if you do the research, you will figure out what they're looking for. I mean, the best that you can, and you're more likely to be able to respond to them if you can, if you, if you can see from their side of the table what kinds of things they're looking for. Perfect. So in, in the, towards the end, now we're coming towards the end of the interview, Jacob. So one thing I did want to ask, you mentioned about the course that is coming up. Uh, it's focused a lot on demand-based job search. Would you mind expanding on that a little bit, uh, telling telling a little bit more about the course and all some details? Sure, absolutely. So um, basically, what happened was a a few months ago. I uh, I mean, I've been wanting to do a course for a while, for a number of reasons. And so uh, a few months ago, towards the end of the uh, actually it was the beginning of the of the 2016, I reached out to my to my list and I, I told them that I was. I, I was thinking about doing a course, and I was interested in, in thinking which direction it should go in. I knew that I wanted to do something about general job search, not not, not focus specifically on a specific aspect of job search for this first course, uh, but I, I wanted to see who was most interested in terms of my audience uh, for this kind of a course. And what surprised me, actually, was that the people who were most interested in, in this idea were older job seekers. And so this was uh, people who were typically 35 to 40 years old and up, uh, many of whom uh, were either working right now or who had recently uh, ended their jobs. And um, they were now going on their first job search in a few years and, and they didn't know much about social media. Uh, and they just, uh, they wanted that kind of guidance from, from a, an expert. And so, uh, we went through a process where I was getting feedback from people uh, on my list, and the course was ultimately called Midlife Job Finders, and this is a six-module course. Uh, it's video-based, uh, where uh, the first module is about the mindset, getting the right mindset, so talking about lack of confidence and building up your confidence and those kinds of things that we mentioned earlier. The second module is demand-based job search, what, what that is, um, and how to leverage demand as much as possible to make your job search easier. Uh, and then the, 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 the other modules are, as you, you can imagine, more, more classic things about resume building, or resume, uh, yeah, resume building, um, uh, actual the app, application process, interviewing, and then at the end, negotiating uh, with companies, uh, your, your, your contract or your, your offers. And so um, the idea is to, it was to create a, a, a course that spans over um, uh, roughly three months. So it doesn't mean it's going to take you three months to find a job. Hopefully you'll find a job sooner. But it's a three-month time span that the course covers uh, where people are, can be actively engaged with me in the course. And uh, they watch the videos. There's homework. Um, there are also uh, calls where they can ask me questions live 
um, in in uh, they're they're listened to by everybody and oh everybody who can who wants to show up uh, from the course, and uh, so yes, yeah, so it's a uh, it's something that, I, that uh, I'm really excited about. Um, it's it's ongoing. In other words, the I started the course is, is, is being created as, for the first time with members inside. So I, I, it's not like I went ahead and created the entire course and then actually sold it. Uh, because it came about kind of organically, I said, okay, well, let's, let's get people on board. And if, they, if, if they're interested, well, then great. So we'll get some people to sign up, uh, kind of like a pre-order. And I'm creating the content as we go. So right now the, uh, the second module is about to be delivered. And hopefully by the time people listen to this, uh, uh, the course will basically be out there and completely finished. That's great, Jacob. Thanks for sharing that. I think you cover, I mean, doing, when I was listening to the course outline, you're covering all the basic steps that is involved from beginning to the end of a job search process. So, yeah. uh, sounds exciting. Uh, so Jacob, we're coming, uh, we, we are at the end. So before we wrap up, uh, anything that you think, any final words from you? Um, well, there's a lot of information uh, that we've discussed, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to summarize it all. But um, at the end of the day, uh, I think that uh, there's so much information out there. Actually, and this is actually a good message. There's there are so many blogs. There's our blogs. Uh, there are so many other blogs. Uh, I think that it's very easy. There's a lot of good, I mean, a lot of this information is free information and there's a lot of great free information. So definitely take advantage of that. And if you feel that you know what you're doing and you see that you're getting results, great, good on you. However, if you see that things start taking a bit longer and you're starting to wonder what to do next, then you really should seek out help as soon as possible. I think that uh, one of the things I hear from job seekers is they're, Again, because they don't know how long they'll be job searching. They're afraid to spend money uh, on their job search. And I think this is a mistake because you're, it's an investment in yourself. Uh, if you, if you, and I'm not just talking about my course. I'm talking about any kind of, uh, uh, it could be resume writing service. It could be some sort of a, an interview preparation service. There are lots of things that can really help where you can significantly cut down the amount of time you spend job searching, which means you're going to be making money sooner, which will pay off anything you spent to accelerate your job search. So I, I think that that's something that job seekers should really take seriously. Um, but, uh, um, but, and, and go ahead and apply what they learn. It's, it's very easy to, um, to get free information uh, that doesn't necessarily apply in your case, but you, you won't only, you'll only know if you actually try. And so, uh, but if you do have someone who's guiding you, then you're more likely to, to get the right information that fits for your case and see results quicker. Yeah, thanks for the great wrap up there, uh, Jacob. That, that that definitely makes sense. Like leverage the free resources, if get help. I personally have got help in the past, really helped me. Um, so yeah, and that one engagement, one expert you seek out, uh, that you can, you, it's, it's common, you can carry that experience to the future job search yeah. as well. So yeah. thanks for that. So Jacob, jo uh, thanks for joining all the way from Israel. Uh, great information. I was taking a lot of notes, learned a lot. I'm sure the listeners would have and will enjoy this as well. So I appreciate your time. I appreciate sharing your wisdom. Thank you very much, Nisar. It was, it was a pleasure to talk to you. Um, I hope that people visit careermedis.com uh, more and more. And, uh, and as well, come over to jobmob.co.il when they have a chance to. Thanks, Jacob. <laughs> Thanks, folks, uh, for listening to this episode of the Career Medis Podcast. I have written a brief summary 
of the interview with uh, links to some of the resources that Jacob has mentioned uh, as part of a blog post. If you liked what you heard, feel free to subscribe to the Career Matters podcast on iTunes. Uh, until next time, this is Nisar Ahmed, your host for the Career Matters podcast. Thank you.